XL, Charlotte Sports Live. He's 12 of 16. Lamb the ball. Oh, he's got him. He's got him. And they've got a touchdown. Well, this was the backbreaker for the black and blue, and it came late in the second quarter. Tyreek Hill doing Tyreek Hill things to give Miami their first lead of the game. Carolina blows a 14-0 lead, and Hill, yes, celebrates with the selfie backflip, and the Panthers fall to 0-6. And, gosh, didn't it just start so well and everything felt like it was coming together until maybe the second quarter, specifically the second half. But now it's back to the drawing board, and thankfully a bye week for the Carolina Panthers. Welcome inside Charlotte Sports Live. I'm Carla Gebhardt alongside Mike Lissette. We've also got Gabe McDonald joining us as well. Yeah, we'll hear from Frank Reich and Bryce Young. But first, let's show you what happened at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Bryce Young trying to bounce back after the game he had against the Lions last week. Did get off to a solid start. First quarter, no score. Gotta love to see this. Young downfield to Adam Thielen. Adam 11 catches 115 yards. That for a gain of 27 on the play. More importantly, it would lead to this. Couple plays later, they give to Chuba Hubbard. He's in for the game's first touchdown. You can disregard that flag, 7-0 Carolina. That's right, after the Dolphins went down three and out, Panthers come right back and young to Tommy Trimble. He goes full Heisman era on like Lamar Jackson with the hurdle, a big pickup of 21 and a very athletic play. And that began the drive, and this is how it ended. Young's only touchdown of the day as he finds Thielen. Bryce finished 23 of 38 for 217 yards. No turnovers. That's a good sign, Mike. Yeah, but this is in second quarter. Dolphins offense exploding. 14-7, make that 14-all as Tua on target to Jalen Waddle. Tua. 21 of 31 for 262 yards, finished with three touchdowns. And then later, this was the third, Tyreek Hill, 41-yard score. Now watch what happens after he reaches the end zone, runs to a guy, gives him a cell phone, does a backflip. This is how it looked in the first person. It was posted on the NFL UK website and it was taken down. Even Young was amused. He was, but he wasn't by this. The end of the half, Carolina looking to stop the bleeding. Instead, Eddie Pinheiro misses a 41-yard field goal, so it remains 21-14. Dolphins at the break. Second half now. They're now just pouring it on Raheem Mozart with the second of his two scores on the ground. Also had one in the air, 28-14 Miami. Then the fourth quarter, Panthers losing their cool. And what do you think about this, Mike? Johnny Hecker. Wow. Like Wadi Divac uh, right there with the flop. Uh, the headbutt. The flop Good. was better there, than the headbutt. Come on, but. he didn't headbutt him at all. I don't know. Panthers flop in this one. They go to 0-6, losing 42-21. Just two drives, really. Bryce was super sharp. The offense was good. We were protecting well, running the ball well, mixing it, feeling like we should feel, you know. And then we, you know, a driver. I think it was the next driver, maybe a couple drives later. Then we, we cross midfield. You know, we 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 go with the fake punt. You know, obviously, we just missed that, um, so that we just missed an opportunity there. Um, and then on offense too, you know, we had to got down into the one time had the we had a fourth down and we threw into the end zone. You know, so we missed some points there, missed a field goal. Um, so we had a few opportunities to score more points on offense that we didn't convert. I mean, we know their offense when they get hot. You know, they're hard to stop. Um, they got some big time playmakers. You know, I mean, Tyreek just is he's. And he hits that thing running. Um, it looks different, and it feels different. He goes in that motion and is hitting at full speed. You can watch that on film, but when you feel it on the field, I mean, it's it's uh, he's a difference maker. So, he, obviously, he had a huge day. I mean, you know, averaged over 20 yards a catch. Um, you know, so credit to him and their offense. 
All righty, checking out the final stats in this one. Yes, the Dolphins doubled the Panthers on the scoreboard, but the Carolina offense showed signs of life in this one. They ran three more plays than Miami, 68 to 65. In addition, the Panthers only four yards shy of 300 today. Dolphins had 424. That is 89 below their season average. Both teams are perfect in the red zone. Carolina with two TDs on two tries. Panthers also won the turnover battle and time of possession. I know you guys out there are a little bit worried about, well, a lot worried about the 0-6 start. But, I mean, there were signs of life. Wouldn't you agree? Definitely signs of life. And I, I, life. And you look at Bryce Young in this one. I know we're going to talk about him a little bit more coming up. But uh, Bryce Young, much more accurate today. Um, and the offensive line, I thought, in the first half at least played a little bit better because the run game was able to kind of get going in that one. The second half, they got a little bit uh, away from the run game. And I think that's kind of where they came into trouble. But they, they really had to do that because they were playing behind. Yeah, Chuba finished with 88 yards. That's good. The 14-0 lead was good. Adam Thielen, good as always. Not good, the injuries. Etor, Chenault, yeah. Luvu all going down. And then, of course, the defense they tired out at the end. Yeah, you mentioned the injuries. Thank goodness they have a bye week now and get some rest. But we just gave you the highlights a little bit earlier, but now we got to do a deep dive into what QB1 was able to do today, and Gabe McDonald joins us now. Gabe, give us all the good news that you can on QB1. Yeah, so there was a little bit of good, like you just guys talked about, and the, really the only bad thing is that most of the bad came up, came in the game before things got out of hand. QB1 able to bounce back with a turnover-free game against the Dolphins after being picked off twice by the Lions last week. Now, both of those turnovers turned into touchdowns. Today, he didn't gift wrap any extra possessions to Miami, which is good. After a three and out on the opening drive of the game, Young would bounce back with back-to-back -back scoring drives to end the opening quarter, each covering 60-plus yards. Bryce would start the game 8 of 9 passing with a touchdown pass to his go-to target so far this year, Adam Thielen. Now, earlier this week, Frank Reich said he wanted to simplify things for Bryce in the offense, and at least for the opening quarter, the unit looked more efficient than they have all season. While Young says the first 15 minutes gave the team a glimpse of how good they can be offensively, he knows that they have to be able to put it all together for a full game in order to find their true identity on that side of the ball. We don't get to that point just because it happened for a quarter. Um, you know, we have to earn the right to make it consistent. We have to earn the right to make sure that that's not a, you know, it's not a flash. It's not a, a good couple of series. You have to earn the right to make that be who we are and make that be our identity. And that comes to work. Um, I, I definitely have confidence in us that that's where, you know, we're going to get to. Um, but it, it's a process. It's a journey. Um, a lot of things that, you know, I want to improve on. We all take that ownership. We all look in the mirror. Um, so, again, there, there's stuff to build off. And I think the big thing when you look at Bryce early in the game, you know, that first drive, giving up that sack, but he was able to bounce back. I think the big thing was they went a lot more up-tempo and no huddle, right. which is something that they talked about earlier this week. I think that style better suits him, and you saw how effective this offense was on those first two drives. The big thing is being able to keep it all together, but I think like you guys alluded to, the running game was really important because you were able to run the ball well to set up the passing game early in the game. Didn't they say to us that like they were going to simplify the offense? And yeah. they did, and I made the joke this week that it's like, I'll go from lightly buttered toast to no buttered toast. But this was a, a lot of exciting football, especially early on. I mean, we had some gains of, what, 20-plus yeah. yards several times. Really in this. I mean, it, like fans are, like, you know, just ur urging yeah. for that a, a little bit more. But I think the biggest thing in this one is a lot less mistakes. You did have some penalties sure. that maybe cost them, um, but no turnovers. And that yeah. was a, a big improvement this week. And I think, too, you know, the operation, the pre-snap operation, there weren't a lot of the times where they're snapping the ball with less than 10 seconds left. They're able to get the plays in. They're operating quicker. And I think when you're able to do that, when you're not having to call early timeouts, 
timeouts or getting delay games right. and behind the chains, you can actually get some momentum going, which is able, what we were able to be able to see. But the thing is, they gave up some bad sacks late in the game. I think Bryce had a little bit too much time. You want to yeah. see him get the ball out a little bit quicker. Don't have those brick feet in the pocket. But I think, like we guys have all talked about, he's getting better and better each week. Soon they'll be able to put things all together. I feel sure. like you can really tell that the game is slowing yes, down for absolutely. him. And that's what you want to see six games in yeah. for your rookie quarterback. <laughs> sure. But, guys, let's head out to the round of eight in the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. The South Point 400 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Viva Las Vegas. That's what they say, Mike, right? Viva! <laughs> Chevys have won four out of the last six races here and looking good for them again. Team Hendricks, Kyle Larson going to take stages one and two. We're going to skip to the final stage, though. Off the caution and Larson retakes the lead, but Ty Gibbs gets into the wall and loses a tire. We're talking, I mean, the whole wheel, the hubcap, everything comes Whoa. off. We really haven't seen a lot of tire issues, but this was actually the second one outside of Carson Hosevar in this one. Of course, the caution comes out and the 54 goes to pit road, but Let's talk about the biggest battle of the day, and it was the most important one on the last lap. Christopher Bell gaining on the five, and what an effort it was here. But Larson able to stay out in front, and Larson going to go on to sweep all stages to advance to the championship four. He was sure to make note of Seabell's respect, though, at the end. You know, thankfully, Christopher is always races extremely clean, and you know, it could have got, got crazier than it did You know, coming to the start-finish line. So, Thank you to him for, for racing with respect there. Was hoping that was going to be enough, you know, to maintain, which it was, but I thought, you know, they weren't going to be able to get as close as they did there at the end. So uh, nerve-wracking, but um, thanks to Chevrolet, HendrickCars.com, Junior Robin Bar, Valvoline, uh, everybody, everybody involved in this deal. This is uh, really cool to get to go race for another championship here in a few weeks, and, you know, glad that we don't have to stress over these next two races. So Larson already has one championship under his belt. Now he gets to race for another one. That's the biggest takeaway in this one. Also, Denny Hamlin plus two above the cut line. Then you've got Martin Truex Jr. and William Byron above him. And two more races left in the round of eight. My biggest takeaway is we actually had some positivity from both uh, drivers there at the end. They're complimenting each other. Usually we get the conflict at the end. <laughs> We like the conflict, you though. If you're a NASCAR that. fan, you like that. And the other thing, Larson hit the wall. His car took damage mm -hmm. at one point in the race, so he was able to hang on. I mean, that was a good, gutty performance by him, not only to, to hang on, but to, to have control for, for most of the race. Yeah, and Kyle Larson, when he usually wins, you know, goes on to win races, he, he dominates, and that's really kind of what happened today. This, this uh, track suits him very well, and, of course, they head to Homestead, Miami next weekend, and then following that, uh, they've got another one at Martinsville, so... Another track like this and then a short track, so it should be pretty interesting. That's victory number four for, for Larson this year, too. Yeah. So he's a good run. Team Hendrick with a lot of wins, as you would expect. Well, the home of the Hornets finally sees some preseason action. The Thunder visits the Hive, and we've got those highlights. And the Panthers' defense knew the assignment today, and it was going to be their toughest of the season. That's why Carolina did bring their best to keep Miami's offense off the field. And that meant taking some risks. We're going to break down one of them just ahead. And we're taking a look back at Friday Night Lights here later on Charlotte Sports Live. Yeah, what was the top play of the week in high school football? We have the nominees coming your way. This is Charlotte Sports Live. The biggest game in the entire world could land in London. No. Adam Scheffner, I know, reporting that the NFL is mulling over, maybe bringing the Super Bowl to the UK, but he did note it wouldn't be for a while, but with the growing popularity of the sport overseas and London hosting more games, the league feels like 
Maybe that would make sense. I'm not really sure about that, Mike, but the NFL will play five games in Europe this season, three in London, like here in Tottenham, and two in Germany. The NFL says it's currently taking or trying to find a home for an Australian regular season game. And I like to give them three weeks off after that. I know. I like the regular season part, not the uh, Super Bowl, though. But how about we head to Uptown, where Charlotte fans got their very first taste of NBA basketball this season. Yeah, it's what they've been waiting for after playing their first two exhibition matchups on the road. The Hornets now at home for their remaining two preseason games. Rookie Brandon Miller getting his first game ever at the Spectrum Center. He made himself right at home. First quarter, work off the pick. And he chose the touch of Charlotte. Standing its lead to five right there. Then in the second, watch the athleticism on the run. He says, no, I'm not going to dunk it. Be a finger roll. Miller with eight. Hornets up ten. Later in the quarter, another one of Hornets uh, youngsters getting involved. Mark Williams with the stuff. Lamelo with the find. Hornets up six of the break. Star of this one, though, is P.J. Washington. If he is able to make shots like this, I like Charlotte's chances. 31 for him. OKC wow. did make it interesting, but Charlotte was able to hang on for its first preseason win. 117-115 was the final. We'll take a win in Charlotte where we can get it. <laughs> but uh, to our third professional team here in the Queen City, Charlotte FC enters their final week of the regular season with two matches remaining. Now, both are against Inter-Miami. They'll head to South Florida on Wednesday and then close out things on Saturday night inside the bank. The Crown currently sitting in 12th in the Eastern Conference standings with two playoff spots still up for grabs. There are a lot of clinching scenarios for Charlotte here, but the easiest, of course, is win both matches and they're in. However, they could win one and have a draw in the other, but they would need a lot of help and Yes, we're going to be cheering on Charlotte FC later this week. But Carolina trying some trickery to keep Miami's offense on the bench, but it didn't work out the way that they hoped it would. But, I mean, it was close. We're going to be talking about the fake punt next on CSL. And in case you missed it, last week's Blitz top play voting was a blowout with 97% of the vote. Porter Ridge's Sawyer Ducey won in a landslide. We have a fresh set of nominees coming up on CSL. be an underdog in all three of those games coming up right after the bye. So we're going to hop into the film room for just a little bit to break down one of, if not the most pivotal plays for the Panthers today. Up 14-7 to midway through the second. The Panthers decide to gamble a little bit, and they call a fake punt to try and move the chains. Johnny Hecker hopping into his quarterback bag for just a little bit to deliver the pass to LaVisca Chenault in the flats. Visca oh so close to getting that first down. So let's pull this one up in full and show you the deciding moment on this play and break down how this one almost worked out for the Panthers. Chenault able to evade Miami's Duke Riley. However, just before he stretches the ball across the marker, he picks up his plant leg and ends up going out of bounds just a little bit early. So here's the side view. Once again, a pretty unique fake with three guys in the route combination. Matthias Farley, the local guy, running a wheel route on the back side of the play. And you have Hayden Hurst running a corner route. Of course, LaVisca getting into the flats. And how about this dime from Johnny Hecker? Got to give him a little bit of love. But here is the most deciding part. If LaVisca stretches that ball out just a little bit quicker or even leaves his feet a little bit, you're looking at likely a first down for the Panthers. Here's Frank Reich with more on what led to his decision to call this play in this moment. As a head coach, that's the first fake punt I've called. So um, 
they made me a believer during the week, you know, that this could work, and it, and it actually, and it, you know, we just we missed it by a few inches. Uh, we missed it by a few inches, and you know, would have liked to. We said we'd go anywhere to all the way up to fourth and ten, you know, because we thought we thought it would be a big play. Um, obviously, we got to be a little bit more productive. Would have been better to run that on fourth and six, you know, rather than fourth and ten. But uh, it was executed well. Just came up a few inches short. And you got to appreciate the guts to make that call at a pivotal time of the game, being up 14 to seven and pretty much having all the momentum. Hopefully we see the Panthers decide to roll the dice a little bit more later this season. Guys. Should have known better to leave the house last Friday, Friday the 13th. I got into a fender bender. That was bad luck. Fortunately, our athletes from this week's blitz top play survived. Now one will thrive, but only with your help. <laughs> I can say is thank goodness we're removed from this week's night of high school football. Oh, you didn't know? Maybe you don't remember. Maybe you don't want to remember because it was Friday the 13th and weird things always happen on Friday the 13th. Weird things like our first top play nominee. This was Weddington opening up the bag of tricks against Sun Valley. It's Tyler Budge to Ian McDermade all the way downfield to Keenan Jackson for the touchdown. Some much-needed good luck on Friday the 13th as good things come in threes. The Warriors would get the big win 42-3. Did Jaden Davis break a mirror? How else would you explain this bad luck from the Providence State quarterback? Then again, maybe it was just the skill set from our second nominee. It's Micah Gilbert with the pick. And then look at him go down the field as he would set up a Charlotte Christian touchdown a few plays later. But ultimately, it would not be enough. Brody Barnhart didn't step on any cracks, but he may have stepped on a few lines on his way for a long Chargers touchdown, as he earns the right to be this week's third top play nominee. Providence Day would go on to get the win at 47 to 13. Unconfirmed reports say our photographer may have stepped under a ladder. Bad luck followed him, but you can avoid it. All you have to do is vote for this week's top play. Head to our X page at CSL on QCN. The polls close Thursday morning. Well, this guy does not wear 13. Christian McCaffrey on the verge of breaking records, but he's not in the business of breaking hearts. In fact, he gifted a ball to a Panthers fan before the 49ers game today. A cool moment for that fan who flew cross country to see CMC. Speaking of, he's part of another crown just ahead. Did you miss the most recent Charlotte Sports Live? Are you wondering how you can stay on top of everything in the sports world here in Charlotte? Or are you just tired of looking at us? <laughs> Probably. Well, you should try Charlotte Sports Live, the podcast. Just scan that code and enjoy your favorite sports show on the go. It's so easy. Just scan it. It feels like the Gephardt and Lissette Law Firm advertisement right there with all the rapid fire I questions. said, like, call 1-800-CSL, right? Yeah. Let's uh, do 1-800-QC-Crowns. How about that? 1-800-QC-Crowns. Uh, <laughs> Panthers fans are going to love this. Uh, you got to love this. Carolina connection right here between Greg Olson, who finds Christian McCaffrey on the sideline ahead of the 49ers game. Now, the 49ers lost. Uh, but this is true love, right? This is what makes sports so great. I tweeted this out on Twitter, but you make connections with people. You truly love them. They only and hugged once, right? This they is only hugged okay, once. Right. I wish they hugged this many times. I mean, I think that would be like true bro love, uh, but this this uh, deserves to be in a, a rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. My crowd going out to West Charlotte grad Tez Walker. 
North Carolina wide receiver scored his first touchdown since rejoining the Tar Heels following the NCAA's decision to grant him immediate eligibility. This is great. Walker went on to score two more touchdowns as UNC, I was here, went on to beat Miami 41-31. So take that, NCAA, right? That's what you want to say after that. Everybody was so excited to see him uh, punch that in and make Drake May look even better than he's looked already. The Cavander twins do a TikTok dance. He just scores touchdowns right there. Do you have TikTok? I do not. I should, though. I got lots of dances. I don't either. I feel like we're over the the age limit for that. I think so. All right, that'll do it for us tonight. See you tomorrow night.